Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place are back on their very own channel. Sure you're ready for this? This is something we are going to remember for the rest of our lives. Watch Beverly Hills 90210 on Pluto TV. So it's time to look back at 2020. Ugh. Okay, the best part of 2020, the Beverly Hills 90210 show. To find out how a dude from New Jersey... I really am a Claire. ...wanted to start a podcast because he was obsessed with Beverly Hills 90210, would meet two of the influential writers and producers on the series, who turned out to be actually f***ing hilarious. And they both told me, orange juice, you know, that way, you know, you you get high and you get a little nourishment. Yeah, Andrew wasn't the boss's daughter. Okay. Donna, <laughs> to meet them and other writers and producers and network executives and then cast members and then guest stars and then his one and only TV crush. And if it's not even enough, he would experience it with fans all over the world. So sit back and get ready because it's time for the best of the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Winter, spring, summer, fall, seasons change, we still keep it together. Hey Beverly Hills 90210 fans. Are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles <laughs> Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullen. this thing about the, the, the real person, and we're going, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions, live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Hello, there we are. We are here. I love um, that uh, origin story. That's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> How Beverly Hills 90210 show got started. It's exciting. We ha- we decided to take it easy, which is never easy for us here, and do a best of show. But then we had to go through all the clips, and Charles had to figure this all out, and then Larry had to pick some clips out, and Melanie had to get, and then Todd, our editor, had to do this. So uh, nothing's ever easy here. But it is going to be a lot of fun because we're going to revisit uh, a lot of the great things that happened this year. I mean, I know that people have said that 2020 has been a rough year. I think that's an understatement. It, it's it's turning the corner, I think. But they've said that this show has been sort of uh, a highlight for them. Um, I wanted to share this uh, this clip, Charles. We most people don't know this, but I was starting to get into podcasting, and Charles was one of the first people that I really wanted to talk to uh, and do a podcast with because I was just fascinated with the world of 90210. And we recorded an interview about the Rolling Stones uh, a long time ago. I, now it feels like a long time ago. And I have audio from that first chat, and then I'm going to uh, – because we didn't record with video then. It was in podcast. Uh, I have audio from our first chat, and I'm going to play that, and then I'm going to say hello to these guys and get Charles and Larry's memories and all this stuff. So here's this small little clip. Very good. Well, usually, usually I um, I tell people when they meet me that, I own, that I'm a native of Los Angeles, but I only look and sound like I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> I'm ready when you are, Peter. Yeah, me, me too, yeah. So I'm so excited to have Charles Rosen here on uh, the Pop-Up Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for, for doing this. I'm, I'm a 90210 uh, super fan, 
and a Rolling Stones super fan. So it was almost like you guys made this episode specifically for me. Right off the bat, just to confirm, that's not true. You didn't make this. You weren't like, there's this kid in Jersey we're making this episode for, right? I, I have to be truthful. Of the 144 episodes that I produced, this is the one I made for me. You. <laughs> I like that. Larry, me and Larry, because he's he's a Stone fan. He doesn't even like the Beatles, so that's a nope. Don't like the oh. Beatles. <laughs> Fascinating. They were threatening, you know, all that long hair and the girls liked them and stuff. I didn't like that, you know. Oh yeah, it was competition. Yeah. I was in a band in middle school, and you know, I, you know, my whole point was to try to imitate Dick Jagger with the tambourine singing "Last Time." You know? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Maybe the last time, I don't know. Uh, I, we all were, you know, we remember their, when they were playing blues. That's right. Also, you know, Melanie, Pete called me and Larry wanted me to do this. I kept saying no, I, you know, because I was doing writing for about 902 and 0, thinking I would publish a book and dovetail on the success of the um, reboot. <laughs> Thanks. I got other stuff to do. I expended when we did the fan fest. I don't know. We had a nice run there that night. And we were over. And you kept coming, and I kept saying no, and you kept coming. And then you used the magic words, Rolling Stones. And I said, I'll talk about that one. Um, yeah. I remember that. That was sort of the start of all of this. Absolutely. And, and Larry still, you know, with, you know, resents the fact that they put on a Wednesday and we got bad ratings. <laughs> Very mad about that. But that was fun to revisit. Um, and then I said, when then, well, then the 2020, 2020 happened and the pandemic took, took <sighs> over us. And we talked again and I said, well, why don't we do something else again? And do you have somebody else that you can bring on to the mix? And you said, what about my buddy, uh, Larry Mullen? And then Larry came into the mix. Larry, you ha had you done any podcasting or talking about 90210 other than maybe Sherry Weiss's uh, stuff? Oh, yeah, we'd done some stuff. You know, we had done the, uh, you know, the, some oh, yeah. reels documentaries and uh, right. some entertainment, uh, you know, Hollywood true stories. And, you know, yeah, over the years, you know, but the show hadn't really uh, reignited until, you know, you know, maybe about five years ago, really started you know when the cast started getting back together again you know thanks to darren martin and uh and it just there seemed to be a synergy then and then all of a sudden we opened up with more streamers and more cable channels that were running the stuff and uh yeah so i mean now it's great to see we have this uh, great uh, audience out there really loyal fans and uh globally too and uh yeah what the heck i mean we, and we for us it's been a great chance to you know look back at the stuff we hadn't seen in you know decades and feel pretty good about it. Plus, reunite with all friends and old colleagues. I mean, so it's been a real win-win and a difficult year. Oh, absolutely. And Melanie, I wanted to say hello to you. Melanie came in, um, I don't know where, or like around the Super Show period, I feel like you joined us um, and you were doing a very cool locations thing, but we had been talking a little bit prior to that. Um, yeah. what, we met for tacos. That was one of the highlights of my year was, you know, meeting you and, and getting involved with the podcast. So, I remember, hey. I remember uh, that. Yes. Uh, well, the, the Padres getting to the postseason, I thought, was pretty exciting for you, no? Oh, Slam Diego, California was, was another highlight of the year for me, yes, yeah. the Padres. And now we, we picked up a couple new players, so we'll see what 2021 has to bring. 
Uh, Melanie, Chuck, Chuck had two championships. We should recognize here. It's a big deal. <laughs> two championships. marriage. You know, twenty. Oh, you, you, you got Biden and Harris. That's right. Yeah, it came out okay for Charlie. Yeah, for me too. Yes, uh, Melanie. Yes. If you had to rank those two things, the Padres or meeting me, uh, which would be higher in the in the ranking? Boy, Pete, put me on the spot. That's a tough one. Um, I mean. I would have to say probably the Padres, no offense, because it's been 14 years since we made it to the postseason, but a close second would be meeting you. So, Thank you so um, much. I appreciate yeah. being there. I, I was just kidding. All right. Yeah, I'm surprised with that answer since I know Pete pays you more than the Padres do. <laughs> oh, really? Is is the check in the mail, Pete? <laughs> Bitcoin. I'm curious though, for Melanie, you, how did you discover our show and what did you think of it when you first found it? So actually, one of my friends had been listening and she turned me on to it. And, um, you know, right from the get go, I was immediately drawn in. I, you know, grew up watching 90210 and all those wonderful 90s shows. And um, I just loved the chemistry between you guys and the behind the scenes. Um, having worked in TV and production and behind the scenes myself, you know, I, I really appreciated all of the writer perspectives and some of the, you know, production stuff you guys have discussed. So that really fascinated me from the get-go and then um, snowballed from there. I love watching and now I love, you know, being a part of it too. So thank you for that. Amazing. All right, let me show you the first episode. I'm not gonna show you the whole first episode, but a little bit of how we got into this. And it's, you know, we have to acknowledge Lily was a very important part in the beginning of the series. She was, uh, she had an amazing fan group of loyal fans that were looking for new content. And uh, so we reached out to her, I reached out to her and she joined us. And this is how we first, first got started. All right, we are here. Exactly, you guys on the very first episode here of the Beverly Hills 90210 show. And I have our panel of uh, experts and uh, fan fans. Uh, let's uh, reintroduce everybody here. We have Larry Mullen. Hello. So tell, tell everybody when you were with uh, 90210. I, am, I, I like to say that I'm the college years. I wrote the first episode of college, and I wrote the last episode of college. There were 128 episodes in between. Very cool. And then we have Lily, who's with us, representing the fans on uh, this episode, right? Yes, Lily Amaram, and I help uh, manage three of the Facebook groups. Very cool. And then, of course... The legendary Charles Rosen. Uh, why don't you tell us when you were there and uh, some of the things that you did? Well, I was there right after they started shooting the pilot. They, they had finished the pilot and they got the uh, series ordered. And we, that was in, uh, as I started in June, we went into production in August. We made our first day. We didn't go overtime, which probably made the biggest difference of anything. And then we premiered on October the, uh, 4th, 1990, my father's birthday. And I stayed around. We crammed six and a half years of TV into five years. And I left after uh, the Palm Springs, uh, I, P.S. I Love You, uh, which uh, ended season five. So between the two of you, we go up to about season seven, season seven, college, when college yeah. was. That's right. And and for the purposes of this podcast, this show ended in season seven. That's right. That's it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well said. Well said. Yes. Uh, you know, that's a that's a common fan 
comment. I get that that message a bunch about the show should have ended in season eight. You know what I mean? I, I do get that. I I am a diehard. I go all the way to 10. Sometimes it's really hard, but other times it's a little bit easier, I guess. Um, well, I mean, that was, that was the first show. I mean, we came a long way. We didn't know. I mean, listen, figuring, first of all, figuring out how to do the podcast is, is a, a challenge in itself, but then figuring out how to do a podcast in the pandemic, you know, where everybody's virtual and we don't have the perfect sound systems and all that stuff that all came with time. Uh, but it was a challenge for us to figure out how to make all of these things sort of work. Do you, do you guys remember that? Yeah, sure. I mean, just looking at the, uh, you know, the the technical aspects of it. Yeah. And, right. you know, can, can we talk about Larry's background for a second? Watching that first clip, watching, you know, Larry's video compared to where you're at now. I mean, what an improvement. You get I, the award for <laughs> most most upgraded backgrounds. And sorry to cut you off there, It's Charles. true. I just realized I said, you know what? This is going to be the future now for, for, for America. I think. Exactly. We're all going to be remote, so I might as well just get used to it um, and get better equipment. Yes. Well, I take away from the first one to this one is I'm wearing the same shirt. The more things change, the more they stay the same, I guess. Wow. Um, uh, it's important. You know, listen, I think we, we started to figure out the flow of like, like everybody who's getting into a new show or something. We try to figure out the flow. Charles was really, it was really important. An important moment that people will never understand. This is that we had a very important conversation about structure and I learned quite a bit in the, in those, those initial conversations about how are we going to structure the, the conversations of these podcasts? And that became such a difference maker in, in the show as we started to go on. And then eventually I think we got Brian Austin green and that was a very big, big show for us from what I remember, because, yeah. you know, we had one of the main cast uh, going to join us. And then as we kept going, I, I think we all figured out pretty quickly that people loved reunions. They'd loved in this time period seeing when <clears throat> the cast members were reuniting. So we have a whole segment here on sort of the best of the reunions uh, from the Beverly Hills. I can out to an ocean. I'm going to play that clip right now. What about Brandon and this person? Emily. Christine's <laughs> 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 a very good friend of mine. And I see Christine yeah. all the time. That oh. hair. Hi. What's going Hi. on? Now we're all going to try to look like you. <laughs> I'm going to come by her purple nail. <laughs> <laughs> when you can't take your roots for six months, you don't have a lot of choices. Important people to mention in this is Jed Allen, right? And how about this person? Hi, Gordon. Oh, hey. <laughs> how are you? So hey, nice Jess. to see you. How are you, Tia? It's wonderful to see you, too. Oh, beautiful as ever. We're going to talk about this season five thing, right, where uh, where Felice tries to buy uh, Ray to stop seeing Donna. Well, here, let's just bring Felice on. <laughs> <laughs> here comes the bad girl. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'm going to bring someone else into the mix here. You guys are all going to be surprised for this for this moment. I have Look at Jim. Jim is quelling. Jim is quelling. Yeah, that's very cool. And Hi, Anne. Hey, Carol. Some of the walk. scoundrels yeah, that nice, uh, yeah. were a part but, of this scam. But it's good we still have pictures of Duke. Yeah, right? 
David, oh, David. All right. And, all right. There they are, the Swindler Three. That's going to be outrageous what's about to happen. Mark, speaking <laughs> Kylie. It's not even Mark Kylie. It's Mark Kylie. Oh, Merry yeah. Christmas, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas. We've got the faculty here. We couldn't do this segment without this person. tired and I'm crying. I can't stand it. Yeah. Great to see you. This is for Gabrielle. Now you have to. I've seen you more. For Doug, how about this person? Ha ha. Hi, Mom. I'm so sorry. Mom 2.0, you should have looked out for me more. (laughs) I knew she was a pistol, but holy, (laughs) I had no idea. It's nice to see you. Hi, Jenny. It's so nice of you to be here. And you really should talk about it with people who were there, right? So how about some of these people? Jason Priestley. Oh, my God. Hey, Darren. Hey, Darren. Great to see you. You look awesome. How about... Brother, you're looking very well. How about this person? Jenny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jenny, yes. Jenny? How about this person? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to cry. Oh, my. And how no. about this person? What? Sorry, I am. Uh, uh. Hi, hi. Oh, hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hello. We have to oh clap our God, hands. I'm so excited to, get to see everybody. I'm crying. Same here. I'm not crying, though, but I yeah, am. Crying. You're a crier, Gab. <laughs> well, hey, guys, there's somebody else that wants to join us here. How about you? Oh, hey. Hey. Oh, hey. 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 Oh my God! Happy anniversary! Come on, Tori, you can do it. And no, no. Oh, and Cheryl! And Cheryl, there you go. Everybody's in. And I couldn't stop. Wow! So good, so good. It's hard not to keep beaming about that, you know. It's just. What a stuff we pulled off there. That was pretty cool. I mean, there's so many yeah. other ones too. That uh, is there is there. I'm curious for each of you. Is there a favorite reunion outside of maybe the super the super show reunion? The intro is so epic and amazing. So that's yeah, got it. That, I mean, the Darren one. Star when everyone joined Darren. Yeah, great. Is there another? You know, I, I love the Denise Dallas thing. I you know I, I didn't really work on the show then, but I really really enjoyed her uh, guesting on the show and seeing her genuine reactions to stuff. I thought she was wonderful. Yeah, it was mine too. And the Christmas there with her coming. And she was really tough. Mark Kylie, uh, you know, yeah. that Again. was a reunion for Karen and I. You know, we I know. really uh, cared about him. Really loved what he did with the part. And uh, and I talked to him. Maybe ran into him once or twice in the time. Same like I had with. Uh, our friend Deshaun, uh, but uh, Chris. I'd like to say one thing about the character because you know I'm new to it, Chuck. 
he was pretty saucy there. I mean, like they're talking about him being naked and stuff and uh, uh, some other stuff. I mean, that, I'm not sure how that was playing right now. And like everyone had fantasies about the teacher. I mean, how the teacher? I mean, he was kind of a little bit out of time. Well, this is this is this is it. See, Larry went to high school in Long Island. That's right. He went to high school in Beverly Hills. That was honors English class. That's just, fair game. <laughs> and in the first season. Those super fans will know this. We had a teacher named Mrs. Miss Rye. Miss Rye was the sexiest English teacher ever to walk the halls of Beverly Hills High School. And if you wanted to talk to her, you better have met read some of more um, obscure works by F. Scott Fitzgerald, because that was. But so you had all of that, and uh, no, I, I yeah, it was saucy. Hey, it was nine oh two and oh. What you know? What are we gonna do? You know. What about you, Melanie? Was there a reunion that you really liked outside of the intro of the Super Show? And there was really some fun ones in the Super Show, too. There were some good ones, but I think for me, it's going to have to be um, Mark Kiley and Gabrielle. I oh. have wanted to see Gil Myers on for so long, and I just loved how happy he looked. And, you know, you could just see how happy they were to see each other. It just felt so genuine. And that was probably my, my top reunion outside of the Super Show. That's very cool. Uh, I, my, my, mine too, I guess. I, I hate to be that way and not pick something different, but uh, it was very cool, only because we just haven't seen Mark Kiley in so long. So to see them, also the you know the Doug Emerson and and uh, Jenny O'Hara from the Super that was Show. Fun. That, that was, was good really too. Yeah. There's been a lot of people that that have said really nice things about us and they apparently really like us charles you know there's so there's been some really great things that people have said here and now i'm going to take a look into um the things that people said and apparently they really like us i always want to remember phil sabbath because phil sabbath was a big part of this of this ring story he wrote i believe with this ring and certainly wrote you know the last four episodes of this season with me uh, or rewrote them and he's no longer here so i always like to remember him. fred and, and, and phil and i were, were friends and colleagues together in toronto we had our own theater and we loved him so much uh anyway he had a lot of the heart of this stuff and a lot of the crazy stuff also it was very refreshing to see something that early on in the in the early 90s you know that that had such a good heart and it was really trying to do something can i can i Personally, thank you for writing that episode. Oh, is, my it goodness. My, it was my favorite episode to actually work on as an actor uh, uh, because it gave me something, a conflict, and it gave me, as an actor, just as a professional, gave me something that I hadn't really had up to that point was that dynamic in the script. Mm -hmm. And it was such mm -hmm. a great, great, great script. Um, so thank you. Thanks. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was going to say this maybe towards the end of the show, but... You know, Chuck, you did a very, very classy thing when I was inquiring Chris about, uh, you know, are they going to bring me back? I'd love to be back on the show. You wrote me a letter. Mm. I still have that letter. And you, you, you compliment me on my talent. You say, you know, I'd love to bring you back. But, you know, you say, well, I, I look forward to working with you in my post 90210 career. And yeah. it was a very it was a, I still have that letter and it was very classy. And I thank you for that. Well, really, Paul Wagner really helped that, too, because he was like an overseer. And uh, you know, he kind of blended both sides of the hill. Part of what we build this tonight is what did we do right and what did we do wrong? Yes. Well, one of the things we did right was get Chip on board for help for the three years and really take it to a much higher level. I do want the fans also to know that 
we didn't change a word. Like it was so beautifully written. And Jessica and Larry, you guys were so, and Steve too, just did really wonderful work that. Thank you. Uh, there's not very many shows that still do table reads, but I remember doing the table reads and everybody sitting around the table really passionate and excited to be there and, and really enjoying the words and the stories that you had crafted. And I thought it was really special. I actually tried to take a, a lot of that feeling to other shows that I worked on as well. Um, and that's just not something that you can manufacture easily. It does start on the page and you guys did a wonderful job. My additions, I actually got a buddy of mine who I had worked for, worked with in Colorado Shakespeare Festival, Jim Peary, another physically big guy. And we, we had gone in and we, we both got cast. Um, you know, and the, the whole time, I got to say, you know, Chuck especially was uh, really aware and caring and um, really trying to, to really put me in the show as much as he could after that. Uh, anytime there was a chance, you know, it was sort of like, you know, guy number one, whatever, blah, 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 little throwaway thing. If it wasn't a story that was, you know, tone, you know, really featured Tony or his relationship, but it was just somebody in passing. He's like, well, why don't, let's have Mike do it. You know, yeah. and I really always appreciated that. So there were days where I was down there and I, you know, down in Torrance and I'd do something in the hallway, you know, hey guys, you know, whatever, or, or, or shut up, punk, and walk by. And then I would stay and load up the scenery into the truck. This episode was Steve Wasserman's proudest moment. It demonstrates not only his talent as a writer, but also as a producer. And uh, Steve loved working on 90210. He would be so touched and honored to know that the fans are still watching the show so many years later. Our daughter, Shira, joins me in wishing all those who celebrate a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. Really nice stuff about all of you all and um, and some of the people that, uh, you know, we would have loved to have had on the show uh, if they were still here with us. So. Uh, really nice stuff, Charles. Was there anything that uh, stuck out to you about that uh, in doing this? Well, I just I'm just feeling people... like Sally Field actually here. You know, stepping <laughs> a walker. You know, it's really nice after all these years. Um, no, my moment uh, on there was, uh, you know, it's nice to get to be told that while well, you did something nice, but I also really enjoyed being able to look uh, our, uh, you know, our writer in the eye, Chip has gone on to do, Cho Hannison has gone on to do such incredible work and, and actually thank him for um, being there for three years. And he really, Larry will be the first to tell you, he, he really elevated the work. I left in year five, I was missed, but I bet Chip was really missed too because of mm. all the great ideas he could come up with and the skills that he had. Yeah. So I'm praising him again. Here you go. There you go. It's true, it's true you know, and it needed that to be in the college years, you know, it needed to make that jump from uh, – you know, the way that the, the high school shows, you know, were evolving to the, to college. Had, you know, we, we broadened the audience then is what we'd had to do. Really nice stuff. Um, now, one of the things I wanted to get to early on in this show is we started pursuing guests to come on the show. And Larry and I text each other with the bright idea that we should get Kathleen Robertson on the show. And yeah. Larry, no, no duh, <laughs> right? Well, and we, we, but you guys didn't know that she was my TV crush at the no, time. No, didn't know. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, had we known, I'm not sure. Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you sent her a message on Twitter or something, and nobody we could not get a hold of her. 
And then finally, we reached out to like her manager or something, and they just said they just wrote pass. Like there was no long explanation, just mm-hmm. pass. And Larry and I were very upset about about mm-hmm. pass. I was I was upset. Yeah, you know, I mean, we had started her off in her career and stuff. You know. So we yeah, I mean, started a uh, obsession to get Kathleen. <laughs> yeah, it was it was embarrassing what we did. Yeah, well, but it worked. It we used ch- we, we used little children even. I think <laughs> here is a little bit of uh, of of this recording to, of Kathleen trying to get this. Maybe Kathleen Robertson would want to. You never know. I would be honest. Now, Larry, isn't Kathleen from Hamilton too? Yes, she is. Thank a you Canadian. So she won't respond to me, Molly. And I revealed this week that I'm a class of 94, and growing up, my, like, TV crush is Claire Arnold. So, I mean, she has to come on the show at this point. And by the way, that's a very nice Kathleen Robertson story. Kathleen, yeah. what are we doing? Are you coming on the show or not? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Larry, have you heard from Kathleen real quick? I have not heard from okay. Kathleen. While we're come on, Kathleen. Kathleen Robertson. Yes. Now, before I get to this, 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 Larry, have you heard from Kathleen? Uh, Unfortunately, I have not heard from Kathleen. I assume she's very busy in quarantine and just is not getting back on this. I know she wants to do the show. We have a campaign going to get Kathleen Robertson on the show. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. So the fans have been messaging her and whatnot. So. Here's tweeting her, tagging her. And if the reason, and if the reason you're staying away is because of me, only Larry will do the show. I promise. <laughs> but I do need to ask you, Larry, have you heard from Kathleen at all? I have not heard from Kathleen. I, I you know, I have to find a fresh way. I don't want to. I don't want to make this a, a goofy thing to kind of scare her because we want to give her some love. Well, Kathleen, look, I'm going to talk right now. I'm looking at the camera. We talked about that earlier. Kathleen, please come on the show. You know, Come we, on, want, we want you, we're going to do a Claire Arnold episode. It's going to be so fun. You could talk about all the stuff you've been doing. Come on the show, right? Come on. Come on, Kathleen. <laughs> I like okay. she has sex, rock, and really decent literature. Uh, oh, this is a great moment to ask you about this, Jason. Um, what was Kathleen like to work with? Uh, Kathleen was great, man. Kathleen's awesome. She's a Canadian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I ask you that because we have a goal here on our show to get Kathleen Robertson to appear. So, uh, you know, if, if you can help us and put us in a good word with Kathleen, we'd greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Have you asked her? Larry, on that note, this is the time of the show where we'll talk about if anyone's heard from Kathleen, because we have a question <laughs> to get Kathleen Robertson on the show. We have not heard from Kathleen, but we have heard from somebody that is close to Kathleen. And they are going to reach out to Kathleen for us. So that's where we are. Kathleen, will you please go on Beverly Hills podcast? Okay, this is happening. We are here live. And we have Kathleen Robertson with us. And Molly fell out. Kathleen, how are you? It's so good to have you here. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, very excited to see Kathleen. It was a long pursuit of Kathleen. It started, I must have been the spring. So it's fantastic. We, we, you know, we, we, you know, we romanced her just like, you know, but, you know, it was worth it. You definitely, you definitely did. And my son is, is to thank for me being here because my son, uh, William, 
saw all of the stuff that you guys posted. I don't know how. <laughs> and he was the one that kept saying to me, mom, you have to do this. They really want you to do this, you know? Um, and yeah, the, the little boy, I, I can't remember his name, the sweet little boy. Yeah. Oh, that's my, that's my nephew, Ryan. And okay. yeah, oh, you know, God, yeah. Holly wants to know, oh my God, this is amazing. Pete, how are you feeling? Ha ha. <laughs> I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy, you know, and I love it. So I'm doing, I'm doing wonderful things for checking in on me. Oh, that was really great. I mean, I, dream come crazy, true. Crazy. Goosebumps just watching. Well, Tiffany's next. Let's just face it, guys. Uh, we have to, in the new year, we want to see Tiffany on the show. We have Valerie was one of our favorite characters. She was a wonderful actress to work with. And it's so important to the show to have her. I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's yeah. just an, it's just been great getting to know her too. She's Kathleen. She's just a sweetheart. Right. No, the Kathleen thing is good. I didn't mean to undercut it with the with the no, Tiffany was, thing, but that was just bothering me that that. But uh, Kathleen, you know, she was just wonderful to have there. I mean, but it was it was a pursuit of probably about four or five months, you know, like yeah. twenty shows worth. Like I said, she's a sweetheart. She's she's turning into my BFF. So there. Oh, but I'm drinking my coffee on today, Mel. Nice. <laughs> Ooh. A well-deserved championship, Charles. Oh, okay. Thank you, Mel. Yes. See you next year. Next yes, right. we will. So we found out a lot of different things on this show. I mean, I have to tell you, in the last few weeks doing the Patreon, I think I've found out even way more information. Uh, so make sure you sign up for our Patreon. I haven't even plugged. I had no plans on plugging anything today. Uh, but um, this is a, a great segment of all the little things that we wound up learning um, through the show here on Be the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Uh, with this ring, so but but you but Brandon returns the ring in this one. He, he kind of recommits to you. Love it. Yeah. I think he goes. He goes to some Nazi uh, uh, jeweler. <laughs> some blonde-haired Nazi jeweler. You know that's Jason, right? Fred? What's that? Jason is Jason. No, no, I'm saying, but he goes to a jeweler. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He plays, he plays two parts. <laughs> what? Yes! <laughs> I remember being at the pool when they shot that hot scene in the water. Mm. And it was really cold. Cold night. Cold night. You could yeah. see the steam rising out of the water in the pool. And Jenny Garth complained that it was cold. And the director said, just remember what Alfred Hitchcock said, act warm. <laughs> the one thing Aaron said to me was, uh, he, right before I, I started the episode, he looked at me and he said, don't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> May the bridges I burn light the way. There was a lyric in this band, in this like not very uh, serious band out here, and it was a lyric from one of the songs. I love it. Yeah, not I mean, one that I wrote, so I should actually admit that. <laughs> I don't see there's any reason why we can't be specific. They were going to kiss. Uh, the Deshaun character and Donna were going to kiss, and we went upstairs to the powers that be, and they said, "No, they're not." I have to say, it was one of my goals uh, when I got out of college. I figured I'd, I'd, in order to be an independent woman, I needed to be able to roll my own joints. Um, she was wondering if Diana's last name uh, was used to create Emily Valentine's last name. 
And that's what they told me. Okay. <laughs> it must be true. It must be true. <laughs> Within an hour of the script um, being delivered to the loft, the first draft, I got a call uh, from Jamie Kellner's office to go downstairs and see him, which was like being called to the principal's office. Um, and, and I had explained that you and Chuck felt very strongly about it. And, and, and even though, you know, the show was obviously a heightened reality, we were trying to stay as true as we could to, you know, sort of an authentic high school experience. And even back in 1990, you know, kids were having sex in high school, especially if they went out for uh, an extended period of time. It, I think it wasn't until it aired that we really started to hear it from the affiliates. The scariest part was that at that time, I don't know if it's still there, but at that time, right next to the Queen Mary, they had a bungee jumping thing and at one point we were getting ready to I was setting up a, a scene and I looked to my right and Ian Ziering was <laughs> off, you know bungee jumping the music a call was made and then Ian didn't do that anymore Aaron wrote me a note it was in summer Gabrielle we're getting ready for a summer show you better uh lose weight so you can wear a bathing suit which I did not I refused who wrote that Aaron which I refuse to, actually, I never, you'll never have seen me in a bathing suit on the show. I was so upset about it. I wore my, that's when I was wearing my overalls and all that. I was really in great shape, but I I was not going to be the girl to show my, I wasn't for me. There were, it was me and a three very pretty wasp looking guys, you know, in that room with outside of Aaron's office. So it was, and I came in and I read with Carol. Remember, it was like a, it was, it was kind of a, a chemistry. Sure, read. she came in to read with everybody. <laughs> right away, I remember we had a, a real. I think we had a real chemistry even in that room. I remember that. But I, I, she told me that I walked out of the room, and Aaron said something like, "Ah, you know, I really, I really like that guy." And Carol said something like, "Well, of course, Aaron, because he's Jewish." <laughs> <laughs> I am telling you, we are ten yards from the stage. We are as close to the stage as you could possibly get. And one by one, they all start peeling away. They kept, oh, we got to load the truck. We, we got to do it now. The last two people standing there was Christine Elise and myself. And eventually then Jason comes back and goes, Christine. And so she has to leave. So the last one standing there. Where I get to hear my favorite line of all of 90210 said out loud, I need a new bracelet to match my new nose. Which I just thought was so funny. No, we were shooting in Point Magoo, and it was a beach scene, and it was like a 6 a.m. call time, and they had put my mark um, on, I guess it was a campfire that, that had someone had just covered with a very small layer of sand, and my mark was right on the campfire. And so I was running with down the beach to hit my mark, and I hit my mark, dug my foot into the campfire. You know, one of the reasons that Aaron probably also was really behind it is that he had made an investment, personal investment, and an emotional investment in Luke Perry. Mm. And here we get to episode nine. This was Luke's coming out party too. It wasn't just chilling with Brenda. It was save Luke Perry's job. I remember very clearly going to the network that when we had to pitch the idea of doing the triangle. They were not at all pleased with this idea. They thought this was a terrible idea that was going to ruin all of the characters. We were going to ruin Brenda, we were going to ruin Kelly, and we were going to ruin Dylan. And how could we think this up to them? So one night after filming, I was done. 
they just let us go on rides and Shannon was the only one that would go on the zipper with me and we they just let it roll. They just you know what the zipper is? Yeah. The one that sure. goes like that and then it spins. Oh my god. So we we did 122 spins on that thing. And we were screaming and finally we get we had to stop. But they just let it go. I have a picture of her and I holding up like the one twenty-two. <laughs> Tiffany had auditioned for Models Inc before 90210 and that didn't work out and but Aaron really liked her and he called me personally and he was and he's you know he said in his own Aaron way which we which we know he was like babe you know how would you feel about about uh Tiffany coming on the show and you know but I assumed that it was for an episode I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know is it as a as a series regular and to have to sing that song like an asshole, pretend to play guitar, which I couldn't do. And I felt like an asshole doing that too. I had to right. sit there oh, and listen right. to my own voice in the quad with eight million extras, the entire crew, and sing this song horribly too. <laughs> Jen and Doherty, Jenny Garth, Dory Spelling. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I was literally, probably don't remember this, but I would sing like, oh Lord, why don't you buy me? And you go cut, and I would start crying. I cried in between kids. Action, won't you buy me? Uh, you know, it was. <laughs> Chuck grew up next door to Groucho Marx, so and his father played cards with Purple <laughs> at Hillcrest Country Club. It was ter terrible, terrible. I mean, they had just signed him for a million dollars. Wow. So I mean, we're going to try to get. We're going to like again. We're going to exploit him and use him in the storyline, but he's not going to go anywhere. We're going to. He's got to take one for the team, so to speak, because, you know, he's got to become the bad guy. We, you know, again, we made a terrible mistake, as Jessica was pointing out. We just, we thought we could redeem him, and we just said, sometimes you just can't do that. We just didn't, we were too naive. What was it like working with Jenny? That was awesome. Um, I'll tell you one of the funniest things was when we all showed up, um, we were told right away that she, her boyfriend was there. Um, their boyfriend, I guess, we had to make sure they were there for that episode shooting. And I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to hit on anybody or anything. I was right. One of the funny things were uh, uh, her boyfriend's here, by the way. So I don't know if some of musicians get bad raps, but they were like, they wanted to make sure I knew that there was somebody keeping an eye on her. I don't know if you remember, Jessica and Larry, this was a very, very big day that Steve Young was, was there on yes. set. It was the verdict, the O.J. Simpson OJ. trial. And Aaron, we had always driven ourselves that Mr. Spelling had sent town cars for all of the cast because he was concerned that there could be violence um, based upon the verdict of the O.J. Simpson case. Like Molly would sometimes let me because Molly and I were buds and, you know, she trusted me and she knew how into fashion I was. And Molly would sometimes let me go. I don't know if I'm, if I'm allowed to say this. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. Go for it. But sometimes I would go shopping for Claire and I would buy stuff and then I would bring it in and be like, what do you think? And then we would go through it and she would be like, this is probably too much or this is cool or whatever. And then like, you know. So a lot of a lot of stuff that I look at, I'm like, oh my god, I remember buying that on Melrose, like like the chainmail top, that weird purple chainmail top that I wore in all the press photos. Like that was like I bought that on Melrose at like a weird sex spot. I remember going with you to Melrose. <laughs> this is that 
Michael and, and those in the construction and the art department at the time made everybody believe that that stairway in the Walsh house went somewhere at any of those doors open. Uh, some really, really interesting things. Uh, yeah, I forgot my brother was on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, that was some cool stuff. I, I love that he could not figure out that Jason Priestley played two parts. <laughs> Even after mentioning it like four I know, times. I know. <laughs> well, because he's just no Fred is to love Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there any one thing for you? I'm curious for you guys as we started doing this. Was there a fact at all through the the timing of where you were like, "Wow, I didn't know that," and here we go. Like this is well, new information for you. Jumping because yeah, season was that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did know about it at the time. It was a little thing, but I didn't know that's about the, the one I want to talk the about too. The OJ thing. It's I, an interesting I, thing. Now, so that was the day that the OJ trial was uh, ruling and who knew what was going to happen as a result but right I mean, he may seem he was guilty. go back three years before and we've talked about oh, the yeah. rodney, king, rodney king those mm. happened right in front of the spelling offices wow and mister, oh, yeah. mister sent us home that day larry about noon mm. oddly enough I, that was my neighborhood i lived very close well, to where I was at Sunset and Gower. I had an office at Sunset and Gower. I was uh, oh, so I was right in the middle of it too. Yeah, exactly. Well, and we during that riot time, I mean, Steve and Jess lived in um, Los Feliz. That's where, not that far from what Larry's describing. There was problems there, and where I lived too. And we—that's how we communicated on yeah, the phone. Yeah, you were holding the line. Yeah, because you were going to the office. So it's interesting that I, I understand exactly what Aaron was thinking. Sends those town cars. Because if LA exploded like that again, mm. and and it very well could have, you know, um, although I, it, it would have been probably the opposite uh, verdict would have would have really you know set it well, off. For that one. I had uh, I was followed home uh, shortly after that. I had a Mercedes 450 SL. You know, I had finally bought a car that you know had you know if you drive you know LA you had to have a nice car. And uh, I got uh, followed home, and uh, after and I shook the guy, and after that I uh, bought an Altima. And that was the, I had a, I, I listened to my friend Edward Anholt, who told me when I came to town, never have a good car, have a stealth car, have a stealth car. I had a stealth <laughs> car. Good tip. Uh, I think what I was really fascinated by uh, in doing all of these episodes is just how beloved Tori Spelling is by the cast, the crew. The directors um listen i i mean i don't i don't know tori spelling but she and she comes across as pretty authentic and sweet on screen but to hear that and then to hear about how great she was and the work that she has done in the work that she has done is absolutely incredible were you guys thrown taken taken back by that larry that uh, that everybody has said it no not at all because she was a great spirit there she was really happy to be in the job all the way through my time there at seven which you know you can't say that for the whole cast but you know season six was an energetic year and seven i think you know things you know we knew we were ending college and there was you know some some you know insecurities go you know flashing through but tori always was excited to be there so no i i assume that all right so here is everybody loving tori spelling Yes, that was really great, great, great stuff. Hey, you know, one of the other things that we got to do that was a lot of fun uh, this year for the Super Show is we got to go on the road with uh, Melanie, Melanie Rose, who took us on an awesome locations tour. We got to revisit a lot of the places. So here is that. 
Wow. Yeah, wow. Okay? See, I like him. If any of you have a problem with that, well, it's too bad. Like into the seventh season, where everyone was kind of getting tired, we have done almost four years of double-ups. Every time a script was published, and I happened to be in that room when the thing was delivered, Tori would pick up the script with enthusiasm. And that always, just I said, thank God, someone still got it. Oh, <laughs> great. Yeah. I remember saying, describing Tori as being game. Mm. We could put her in the biggest dress or give her the silliest role or the deepest role and she would completely dive in and commit and it was that was a great thing as, especially as larry said after so many years she could have just started phoning it in but she never did i always what? felt that she wasn't doing tori wasn't taken seriously enough being mr spelling's daughter but she was really talented we had a really nice relationship she was uh always very dear with me and very sweet with me. Um, uh, so, it, there was never any any challenge or any, you know, headbutting or, uh, and certainly I was going to defer to her because she, you know, is the star of the show. Right. And I'm going to make her as comfortable as possible and uh, keep our interaction, you know, as, as warm and genuine as, as I could. I love her, love her, love her. She was like my, she was my comfort zone. She was the nicest of everybody um, to me. And uh, we were fast friends. Like we just clicked and connected right away. And she was, she was just the most welcoming, um, cool human that, you know, uh, there could, you know, there could have been. She's actually like, whenever people ask me, like, what's your fondest memory of 90210? I always say my friendship with her. Tori had this really interesting, uh, natural, effectless quality that you really, I didn't direct it. I mean, she had it. Uh, you know, some things she could pull off, some things maybe not, but, you know, it, it, but she always had a very unique authenticity to it that was just very, very particular to her. And I think that's why it worked when she do it. It just was something that was idiosyncratic to the way she responded to things. And uh, I don't remember really, you know, needing to note her very much on those kind of moments. She had a, she had a real good instinctive sense. She was great. She couldn't have been more um, just giving, you know, as an actor, you know, uh, back and forth and, and uh, wanted to uh, make me feel, you know, at ease and, um, she was just one of the more down-to-earth people I'd ever worked with, you know, at that time in my career. She was just like totally like open and invited me to have lunch with them and stuff. And, you know, um, she invi invited me to her birthday party in Beverly Hills, like a few weeks after we shot the original uh, episode, which I thought was cool, you know, and, and I went, I had a blast. And um, she was very, very, very cool to work with. Tori does very well with comedy and does very well with physical comedy. Tori can be really good when she just delivers things very simply and she's just very honest. The reason that scene was so beautiful is because she was just, you know, you could feel her honesty in that, in, in yeah. that performance. And that's what made it uh, resonate the way that it did. Working with Tori, um, was it was great uh, and like that we were friends we were friends before we were friends after jill used to come and hang out with us uh and we used to you know go over to the house and hang out afterwards and 
you know, sometimes we'd watch the show. Get, well, I think we did watch the show all over the house. Did we? Oh, did, did, well, did, no, I don't remember watching the show. I just remember doing a lot of partying. Yeah, yeah we, we did. There was a lot of partying going on then. We met on, on the pilot. Um, and we hadn't met before that. And uh, it was the thing that we had that was that was a, a real bond for us thinking back on it is that we were the youngest of the show so we had we had a bond because we had sort of familiar lives at that point i mean we were i think we're only a month a month apart so we were we were relatively the same age we were we were going through a lot of the same things and it was, it was sort of, it was a bond, uh, you know, being the age difference between ourselves and the other people wasn't huge, but at that age, it's huge. And, and so the, the, the things that they, that Jason and Luke and Jenny and I were doing were much different from the things that we were doing just because of our, our age and the, the ability to do them or not. I, I used to get really mad and upset and angry with anybody who dissed Tori at all. I used Me to too. This girl has proven herself. She is unbelievable. It's not fair that you see that as nepotism. That is just BS. And she's a great actor who is so prepared and professional. And yeah, I, I've, I've definitely... Let's just say I have, um, there was a period of time where I stopped going to like out to bars um, because I'd get really upset uh, and realize, yeah, it's not a good place for me to be. Yes, that was really great, great, great stuff. Hey, you know, one of the other things that we got to do that was a lot of fun uh, this year for the Super Show is we got to go on the road with uh, Melanie. Melanie Rose, who took us on an awesome locations tour. We got to revisit a lot of the places. So here is that. Hi, I'm Melanie Rose with 90210 Tours, and I'm here with Peter from yep. Beverly Hills 90210 Show. I so guess for me, I just watched it when I was in high school. It was always consistent. It was always on. I fell in love with the stories. I met my wife, and she was even a bigger fan of the show than I was. So cool. Yeah. And when we moved here from New Jersey uh, earlier this year, we were looking for like the right neighborhoods and where to move and where to live. And we looked at many different locations. We came, kept coming back to Altadena and we only live about three minutes from here. And I was like, this feels like home to me. The fact that the Walshes live here, that they don't really live here, but this house represents home. And uh, I think that's what 90210 represents for me. And I am here with... Larry and Yoshi. And... Pete. And Chuck, but you probably know me as Charles. And we're here at none other than the famous Beach House from Beverly Hills 90210. When we finally convinced uh, Mr. Spelling that we should uh, do a college show, gave us the opportunity for girls to move out of their Beverly Hills house and have a cool apartment at the beach. And the location manager says, here's our cool apartment. And we go, okay, that's cool. A little far from our base in, in the valley in Van Nuys, but Hermosa Beach is fine. Then we started to build the set inside to match this, this apartment. When Melanie said we filmed here, yeah, twice. Because right after that, some irate neighbor said, hey, city council you shouldn't have done this and uh, you shouldn't have agreed to this and we don't want it and we're coming to you 
and so they uh, reneged on our contract. Garrett Slan, the stalker of Donna, uh, broke into the apartment <laughs> here, and uh, he was uh, luckily for Donna, she used the word Davy, so David Silver realized something was up. Uh, right now, we're at the Calvert Street Studios, which were the sound stages for many of the scenes for 90210. Uh, this is where the magic happens. So, where we're standing now, inside the Calvert Studio, is half of what was the producer's office, where Paul Wagner, who was the line producer with the show, would have his office here. And why I'm bringing you in here? Because this is where we did casting. Every character after season one was cast out of this room. It's the warehouse when it was started by uh, Chuck and the original company. And when I came in in college, this housed all the interiors for California University. We're talking about the big, all the uh, big cafeteria stuff and all the classrooms. And uh, we had the Walsh house in here, the beach apartments, uh, Dylan McKay's interiors at his house. Lucky enough to be able to purchase another stage, which was now that says Genie there. But that became the beach for the after dark. When we did the rave episode in Euphoria, which was one of our highest rated episodes in the first uh, five seasons, and the club was right across the way. We are here at Roxbury Park. I'm with Charles Rosen, and can you guess what scenes were filmed here? I'll give you a hint. Yep, it was, this is the place exactly where we're standing, where Kelly and Dylan told Brenda they were an item. And he were in the middle of Beverly Hills. You'd think a show called Beverly Hills 90210 would film a lot in Beverly Hills. I can count it on one hand how many times we actually came here. But the reason we love this is because when they walked away, the camera turned and tilted and showed the skyline that is so predominant here that is Century City in uh, right behind us. Cool. Well, Such a good so time. Cool. Thank you guys again. That was so much thank fun. You, fun yeah, no, thank you. That was Thank you. Listen, it can't get understated here on the show how important Melanie's been to uh, to our show. Uh, I I have to thank you and just give you so much gratitude because the show really shifted when you joined us. You helped us with so many things behind the scenes and doing that locations thing was just absolutely a blast. I know I have fun hanging out with these guys. So and you as well. You've just been such a sweet person. So thank you for thank you. And, thank you, you. and you bought us our birthday with the Apple Pan. So you know that was a real special day. <laughs> That's right. I was That's thinking right. that too, Chuck. Yeah, we had Apple Pan that day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to feel like the Apple Pan right now. But uh, yeah. all right, Larry, let's talk about this the roadie. Okay. Okay. You know, we, we were able to catch up with him, which was great because uh it's been a long time since we last saw him, which was in uh the voodoo that you do so well or Rock of Ages episode. And uh and I guess you know, when we did the super show, we asked a lot of the uh the people to send in videos of where they are now, and uh, the roadie was nice enough to do that. He's a sweetheart, Rody. Okay, here is the roadie. Hey, David Semmel. Remember me? The amateur youth director? The Rolling Stones roadie who threw Ray Pruitt one pee off the Rose Bowl stage? Get out of here! You know, after that aired, that became my catchphrase. And I have you to thank. Man, I hear you're having a fantastic career. And I'm not surprised because look at the performance you got out of me. Now, people apparently want to know what I'm doing 30 years later. Well, I am finally off the road and living large with my old lady. I'm, I'm 
dog sitting for the lead singer of the, yeah, you know who. Get out of here! <laughs> I love that. I love I'm that. glad that we could do that. I'm, I'm so glad that that guy apparently left his acting career and became a writer, which was probably good. Well, Todd is absolutely obsessed with you, Larry, and he cut together an entire uh, Larry isms segment. Writers, um, sometimes, and directors always have different visions of stuff. And I've noticed something in your work which I really want to applaud. It's a small thing. But you didn't have any candles in the bedroom scene. The directors drive me crazy. They put all I know. candles in the, especially if you shoot a bathroom scene. It's got to be full of candles. <laughs> I have to tell you, Jason Priestley would have put candles there. I do want to tell where the name comes in because I, I did give name to this character who was named after the weirdest woman I knew. I only knew her for about a couple of weeks. But this was, I was, I was hitchhiking with my girlfriend, who was then my wife. This is like 1972, before anyone, you know, anything was there. But, and I was researching a play we were, I was writing called Free Ride. And I got, we got picked up in a van somewhere at, you know, I was across Canada, somewhere east of uh, Calgary. And this gal got in. She was kind of good looking or whatever. And we wound up riding and really liking her, you know, what her story was or whatever. But at night, she was talking to her dead husband. Oh. That was a little troublesome. Tara was her name, and so that was it. At least it driven an image. We we spoke to <laughs> we spoke to Joshua Beckett. Chuck and I did, uh, and I asked him about the origins of the character and the name, uh, and we didn't really know, we didn't really know. But you have an answer to that question of well, where does Josh? I think I, I'm pretty certain he appeared in the beginning of college because I know it was it was a character that I collected character payments on. So I always you always like that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and I knew I also had, I had named him because uh, Richland. I had a friend named Craig Richland, if you're listening, who was you know this was you know there was still cocaine around and stuff then. It was you know with with him high, and I always remembered him. I just kind of thought I would honor my my coke dealer. <laughs> in the 80s, I executive produced 52 episodes of The New Gidget. And that came out of the, the Gidget world where, uh, you know, we, we, you know, it was just part of the colorful language of avocado heads we called people who were stupid Californians. The fruit and the nuts thing was over. So the avocado heads were perfect. And I think we, we had a little bit of a conversation before us, but, you know, kissing was something we expected actors to do. And now it's a big deal when you're on stage, you have to, they have to get permission and they, they frame it right. But then if you were an actress, and Jill knows this, you, you, they said, it's the script said, kiss somebody, you got to kiss them. And you got to, you know, you're an actress, you want to put yourself in that character and, and be a great kisser if, if it's, that's what it calls for. And I think we just ran into a kissing problem. I'm going to simplify the whole thing. I think that is. I'm going to make the whole thing go away. And I'm just going to say there was a kissing problem on the set. And so that character then had to find an exit. Another hobby in there, which I was glad to see, and Chuck knows this, I, I, we, I collect sea glass all around the world. So there's this whole sea glass, which becomes a secret code between uh, Erica and Dylan. And I was very happy to see that. I had forgotten yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, that was a great little plot. Very, very Mullen-esque. Yes. <laughs> I got to write the mech thing. And I don't know if you remember, Chuck, but Broadcast Standards, of course, would not let us snort it. So we had to find a way to get it to him. So I... I went out and I spoke to two attic friends of mine who were basically roadies, you know, who were truckers. And they both told me, 
orange juice, you know, that way, you know, you, you get high and you get a little nourishment, you know, and it, it worked great. I mean, it, because it, you got to stay great. nourished. And uh, that's right. Vitamin C. Well, not only was I a roadie, I was a roadie for blood, sweat and tears, but my manager, my road manager was a guy named Larry Waterman. And when we were rehearsing the scene, I looked over at the Rolling Stones road manager and it was Larry Waterman. So this was like 1995. I was in 1969. I was a roadie with them. And I said, Larry, it's Larry Mullen. He went, oh my God, what band are you with? I went, no, no, I'm, I'm a writer producer on the show. I'm just <laughs> And it was like the greatest kind of experience. It was crazy. These are the words that, that kind of stuck out to me. Limitor. Okay. Uh, Negator, which is great. Now, that was definitely Chip. Chip, I remember Negator was right out of your Limitor mouth. Limitor was right out of your mouth. Yeah, we were, we were goofy. Like some kind of going. prescription drug, the way you're saying it. Limitor. Limitor, <laughs> exactly. That's really right. good for you. Then we had uh, Filter Out, the Rumination Room. I mean, the one that really got me today was Maletting. Oh, I, I, love believe, it. I yeah, believe it was mine. I believe it was mine. That was that's very funny, I think, yeah. It was. it was the millennial wedding. I mean, that scene where the old person, it, I mean, really, we did lose it on this thing, Chuck. I mean, thank you. <laughs> yeah. other, other words which were good were rough beast. Anyone who was bad was a rough beast. Unevolved rough beast. Yeah. Unevolved. Unevolved. Processing. Uh, clear, which we stole from Scientology, I guess. We wrote the script for Mexico. And then, as Chuck said, uh, it turns out we're going to shoot it in Mexico. In fact, we're going to shoot it in Cabo, which, you know, we all love Cabo. And Duke has a friend. I think his name is Marco, Chuck. Was that? Uh, Marco sounds good. In, yeah, Marco, in- who, who happened to own the Palmilla, which was a, a just beginning and looking to brand itself. And was, you know, Duke was trying to help out a friend. So that was the story. So we were going to be able to go down there. And not only that, Marco, as it turned out, was an ex-Blue Angel pilot and you know and then duke also had some high pilot credentials he had his own plane which was a king air now we got to go down there the location scout and we're going down there and i'm pretty sure in the group we had we had some um a location man we didn't really know uh jp Paré, whitmore and paul and, and i and we went down there and, you know, they opened the Palmilla. So it, it was a fabulous thing. We, we had so many great locations. And then we had to go home. When we were driving to the airport, I don't want to say that there had been a, a there, we had come off a lunch. And so a lunch, you know, and usually when you have a lunch in Mexico by the beach, as people know, there's big glasses of things. <laughs> right. and, and sometimes people drink these things, not me, but other people. Right. Uh, anyway, so we now we're going to the airport. We're rushing there. And... I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm talking to Paul. I'm saying, geez, I mean, we're really going to go out? I mean, like, it's like gunmetal gray and there's like thunder. And we get to the airport and you know, we rush into the plane. And, and meanwhile, I, I, Paul says to me, don't worry. JP's already been in an airport, a plane crash. It can't happen twice. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Gee, that's, that's comforting. That's really comforting. <laughs> I was like the designated scared person. That's why I want to have Whitmore here. Now, as we're getting the plane, we're hearing all the radio calls, people saying, I'm sitting this one out. I'm sitting this one out. I'm sitting this one out. And Marco goes, rock and roll. We're going. <laughs> as we take off, lightning strikes the tower of the Cabo airport. And now we're climbing and we're literally a, a, an arm's length from an anvil cloud for the next three minutes of terror. 
of absolute terror. And they make it out of there, and then literally, I don't know if they were shitting their pants or not, but they apologized so profusely for risking our lives to get back. Anyway, that's I will say nothing more. Uh, that's great stuff. Oh, that's uh, good times. That's, that's kind of fun to see for for me, anyway. <laughs> Man, some really good entertaining. Uh, I, I think we gotta have a T-shirt now with all of Larry's best uh, phrases uh, in it. Now, not just Karen. We need the Larry one. The kissing one. But yeah, that that harrowing story. I still have to talk to Whitmore about that story. He wasn't on that day. Maybe we'll do a uh, we'll do a watch more for the uh, a child is a man for, for he's in. Oh, great! Yeah, that's the, he's in. We're we're going to be doing that for the January sixth episode uh, as of this moment. So that that should be what we're covering on the next time you hear us live. Is uh, we're going to start with a bang, right? <laughs> yeah. Bang. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's see. What else do we have here? I wanted to show. Oh, listen. I'm, it goes without saying when we started this show, it, figuring out that we had to use Google Chrome <laughs> was not always easy for everybody. <laughs> so, understatement, understatement. Figuring out how Wi-Fi works or what this bizarre sound was uh, is sometimes was always a challenge. And here are some of those things. There he Hi. is, Mr. Darren Starr. Hi. Hello, hello. Hi, Darren. How are you? In the group. Yeah. Happy to see you. Great to see you guys. Hey, Sandy. Oh, did you, I freeze? audio on? Did you hear? I can hear you. I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Good. Sandy, can you hear Darren? I'm going to come no. over here for possibly some better lighting. We'll see. There you go. I thought this was podcast. I didn't know it was video. I would have showered. Can you guys? Uh, Darren, but I like the look. I like the look. You did good. Okay. It was a good Darren, um, come out, go out of the room and come back in. Sometimes that fixes it so that the other person can hear you. What? Who can't hear? Can uh, hear Sandy, can't, Sandy can't hear you. So some, Sandy could never. He never listened. He just dropped the mic. He just dropped the mic right there. Is that what? He, uh, 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 I meant uh, leave the studio and uh, and then come back into the room. Uh, like okay. if you see what that's. Room. Yeah. yeah. Run You're around the that. block once. <laughs> I, 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 I do walk out and come in. Can you hear me, Sandy? No, no. I meant uh, the like leave the chat room and then okay. come back into the chat room. What do you mean leave, leave this thing and come back again? Which I have, which was. Yeah, there's a button at the bottom that says leave, leave studio, exit that, come back in, and then he should be able to hear you. Yeah. I was just not walking around. Everyone froze for me. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Okay. We have everybody here. Um, and it's exciting to be back for another episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 show. We are really testing the StreamYard system here with all the people that we have in the room. <laughs> um, this is a very attention to detail question. Okay, in Brenda's bedroom, um, above her dresser, there's all right. So this might, this might, Alan, this might help a little bit because now we eliminated one person, so uh, that might sort of, uh, you know, help the the, the Wi-Fi debacle it's a, it's a, that's going on with you. It's a little um, bit better, but it keeps telling me to move. Do you use Chrome? It tells me to move Chrome? closer to my, my router, which is in the other part of the... Um, He's having a Wi-Fi. So can you hear me now? Are you good, Alan? Can you hear us? Uh-oh. 
Alan, can you hear us? I'm hearing you better now than I was before. Right. But um, well, it's okay. You know, well, we only try to do good here. Great. We don't know great. We're not everything. trying to make America good. just good. <laughs> it's it's um whatever it is, it's good. It's it's um bourbon. Well, hi. He's <laughs> five. Um I remember the day of my audition. It was um so the huge earthquake that happened, the Northridge earthquake. Was the day of my audition, and so the audition was canceled. But I was Canadian and I was Oh my god, happy anniversary. Come on, Tori, you can do it. And Nope. Oh, and Come Cheryl. On. Oh my god. And Cheryl, there you go. And I couldn't get on. Wow. Hey, Tori, how are you? All okay in the internet land there? Nope. nope. <laughs> I don't know if anyone told you this, but when I was in high school, I used to tell people when they said, Who do you, who is the celebrity you'd want to be best friends with? I used to always say Tori Spelling. So uh, I think the world of you and um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, know, you, Molly, you just Molly feel Campbell. bad for me because I'm having such trouble. <laughs> right. Here we go. Now we're now we're in phase two. Chuck That's so bad for Tori. We couldn't get Tori uh, going here. Well, maybe she couldn't get, get Tori. We we we've Pete did a seam, some seamless improvisations there. We, I know yeah. we were trying. Melanie was trying to reach her man. You know, the oh, thing is, what's also happening is people are ahead of schedule and they're coming into the room, which is causing people to not be in the room. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of kicking from studios and I don't mean to mm -hmm. be doing that rudely. The great dad, spiritual person. Um, kindness was... Yes. Yes. No it does. Okay, perfect. Melanie, does Pete see her? We got her. Uh, we got her. One second. I'm just waiting for confirmation. We got her. Yes, we have Hi, her. Hi, Den Denise. I look awful dark. I don't know. Yeah, we got you, Denise. Can you hear us? That's better. All right. Anyway, we're going to let Denise figure out what's happening. Denise, we see you. We know that you're here. Uh, turn down your audio so that we can get you in. And the other person that's waiting in the wings, I see you too. So... Hang out in that virtual room. We'll be with you in a second. Uh, here, uh, turn down your audio so that we can get you. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Doug, this is it. We're live, man. This is how. This is how it's awesome. Oh, Good boy. times. Hey, you know who we forgot to include there is Wings. Do you remember when Wings oh, came uh, on? Wings. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. We played that like yeah. through my speakerphone into the oh, podcast. That, that was that was an interesting one too. It's never easy wings, to get yeah. all this stuff to work. Um, but I thought <laughs> the Alan Toy one was definitely the most extreme because poor Alan Toy could not figure out his Google Chrome. It's very simple. If you want to be on this podcast, you need Google Chrome. It's just a requirement. Listen, have moving to forward. have it. Tiffany, if you come on the show, you need Google Chrome. That's Google Chrome. Alan, if it's five o'clock, you need bourbon. So, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Saying. There is a bourbon factor. Did you guys see the when uh, on the Molly Campbell clip something fell in her home? I just, like, <laughs> <Yes>. Something <laughs> crashed the floor. Yeah, I was so nervous having Kathleen, and then all of a sudden I heard bang. Was like, what was that for? 
for Molly. All but right. Still, I mean, the opening thing of, of Darren is just the best. I just. Oh, classic. I loved that's when like, he walked up and came back. I mean, out. yeah, that's, that's just crazy. It's just, I just crack up. That's one of my favorite lines. Up. I forgot he said, "You never listen." Yeah, I love. That. I don't forget <laughs> you went drop the mic. That <laughs> was drop the mic, but that's not what he was doing. It's so much, so much stuff we did. It's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, poor Tori, poor oh, Tori, yeah, yeah, and was... we tried so hard. I felt so bad for her Wi-Fi issues. God, that was. But, I mean, that super show was just, uh, that was enormous. 36 guests or something like that. Almost you know what's funny? I, when I was watching the election, I thought it was just us that had that has technical problems. But when we were when I was watching the election results on a, on a network that I won't name because people get offended immediately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have I'll these same, yeah, they have these same issues. People talking, Wi-Fi things, they're cutting to somebody. I mean, this is the way of the world, this virtual, the virtual stuff. Well, I just, I just have to amplify that. So there was a period of time, too, and I kept pointing this out to Karen. Somebody would, would, would it, an MSNBC, in the, you know, the, the, in the last three months, five months, you know, someone will come up with some information. And it's really going to be very critical of the Trumps or whatever is going on. And they start talking, and then all of a sudden, blip, it's gone. And I said, they got spies. They're doing this. It's just, you know, it's a Charles yeah. conspiracy theory. But, uh, it's not true. Yeah, no. All right, here are some great things that people said. Uh, we have two things called They Said It, We Didn't. So here are uh, some of those things. Luke, on day one and for the first couple of days I was there, went way out of his way to make sure I had someone to have lunch with. And I knew where my trailer was and walked me all around. And Luke was went out of his way to be really, really friendly. And that's a unique experience. I've never had an experience with an, another actor in my entire career. They went, the series regular went so far out of their way to be nice to a guest star. It just doesn't work that way, typically. What a huge part of the show Jim and Cindy were. Yeah, uh, and 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 how unbelievably important they were as actors, and and how how they grounded the material that we were doing. I mean, Jim, Carol, you guys were you know as much as, as Brandon was supposed to be the the rock in the middle of all the craziness. You guys were the rock that secured the rock within all the right. Season, right? They were the real adults in the room. Yeah, you, you guys really were, and uh, you know. And as we've all witnessed these last four years, one thing you need is adults in the room. Brian had been on the show for such a long time that it was, it, it wasn't like he was overly concerned about how the scene would play out. He was like, we've got this, we're good. You know, where I was new and I was so nervous and he was like, we're okay. We didn't, yeah, I would want to rehearse it maybe. And he's like, we're gut paid, we're fine. <laughs> I was heartbroken for Jamie at the time, once again, like a great dude. Uh, Priest and I and Jamie went to Boston, to the Boston Garden to play in this um, celebrity hockey game. Like we, we hung out, we liked each other. Yes, we can definitely separate our characters from, from real life, but you know, it, it's tough. I've been in that situation where you're the villain and you know, your, your time on the show is ending it's not awesome. It's not the same feeling as like your show's just starting and you've got lots of track to, to run. So um, I think everybody was empathetic, but Jamie was nothing but a stellar guy, stellar guy, super, super talented. Kathleen was awesome. That, that, that whole storyline was, she was, she was a great like team player. I mean, they, it, uh, we had some ridiculous stuff to do sometimes and, and, and sort of, 
the comedy torch passed a little bit when David and Donna weren't together and you had Claire and David together. Like she, she really embraced the comedy side of it. And, uh, and she was, she was completely on board. She never, never complained about stuff we were doing. Like she really, uh, she was a hundred percent present and she's, she's always has been and always will be. She's a really good actress. And, and so it was, it was really fun working with her. I don't want the show to be over without my saying how much I adore Jason Priestley too. And, and, yeah. and, and I, I frankly was very touched looking at gentle art because, you know, he was so fresh and, and uh, carefree then. I think frankly, he got a little burdened during the run of the show with having to be the do-gooder and all that because it's not, it's not Jason. What was uh, a young Jason Priestley like to work with at that time? A lot of fun, actually. He and I had a lot of fun after too. I love working with Jason. He is a dear friend of mine and we have been friends through all these years together. We did the new 90210 last year and um, and I remember saying to Jason because I was nervous about you know getting back together with everybody and I said uh, Jay you gotta you gotta be there man you gotta be there you gotta have my back and because um, I was really nervous about it and he's just uh, a stellar stellar human being and he's blossomed into an incredible man he's a wonderful father he's you know just I, I could not say enough about I have been so you are bringing up all my blessings at the expense of being you know uh, too um, flowery that, that one of one of the highlights of this 30 years in the business theater etc was walking on the set and meeting you for the first time and I'm not I'm not lying I, I tell people that honestly every time because you are one of the finest people I've ever been on the set with at a dinner table with and I, and I mean that I, I tell you that um, you know, Christina came with such a fine pedigree, has done some amazing work. Uh, I was actually uh, excited to work with her. I felt that uh, having a chance to work with Christina would elevate my work. And it did. It did. So, uh, you know, I, I, I thought, you know what? She was perfectly cast. We had a certain sameness, a similar look. She did have that regal air about her. Uh, you know, it, she was... Christina, a joy to work with. She and Jed both. I love those days because, you know, they brought a more seasoned uh, sensibility to the work. And, and you know, they would bust chops and have fun. And it, it was nice. It was nice. I, I never really looked at her like a, my mom. She was just, uh, just always friendly. I mean, in front of the camera, yes, of course. But uh, just fantastic working with Christina. What was it like working with Ian? He is so he was so incredibly supportive and all along I always felt like he was rooting for our characters to go the distance. You know, I think he really Ian had such an incredible um, comedic timing and I didn't know it at the time, but I, I, I had sort of comedy in my veins, you know, and we just had this great banter and we had so much fun working together. And I think um, we both just sort of energetically had this really nice rapport, both professionally and personally. Um, true gentleman, total professional, and he was really fun to play with, you know. He was the first adult I was the mother of. I mean, in the sense that, that I had been Ricky Schroeder's mother, he was 12. Right. Um, I had played mothers of, of, and this was so different. And I just, I, I fell in love with Ian. I, I just thought he was 
so wonderfully available and present and excited to be doing what we were doing. Um, and I, 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 was, I was surprised when I watched it how very emotional these, these scenes that, you know, the scene before you left, the scenes with, in the Chucky show. Um, and there's just, I think we just always had a really good innate connection uh, because I just thought he was adorable and everybody likes to be, li likes people to feel that. And I think he knew that, that I just really loved working with him. What was it like working with Tori? I just love that girl. She's, she's um, open and inclusive and goofy and self-deprecating. And I just, I really clicked with her. And she also has like got a pretty, um, strong and and focused sort of comedy chop sort of thing about her so every time we had a chance to, to play together it was really fun to be able to be a part of something the way that Paige like brought that character to life and made her so vulnerable and so real and so relatable was really kind of knocked the walls down for people and made it you know something that they could they could talk about I'm always um really impressed at how talented Shannon Doherty is Shannon Doherty really uh hmm can say a lot without saying anything and, and my favorite my favorite work on the whole show is the scenes i did in the first episode with shannon um yeah she, she's just so grounded and and you and and i just feel i feel i really believe she loved Dylan <laughs> like <laughs> so intensely and um that's really sweet shannon is very sort of internal and uh so she has a she's like can be very private in her work whereas uh, tiffany is like out there so she'd come on and she was a real tiffany's a real gal if you know what i mean i uh -huh. mean she you know she'd come on with like gangbusters you know shaking hey hi everybody and she's you know big and she's loud and in some ways more like me yeah <laughs> so so we really we hit it off right away tiffany and i when she she came to the show and we found we found a lot of uh common ground right away the two of us so communication with her was very easy and uh and she is uh and she's very she's, she's very talented and ann and i developed a and her husband jeff uh developed a very very close relationship she was incredible to work with she just one of the most wonderful human beings ever uh she was a wonderful actress but just an um, an even better person she was great i loved working with her it was lovely it was so i mean it was it was well it was fun because it was the second season and i was like oh my gosh i'm back this is so exciting and it was it was quite wonderful to to work under those circumstances and to be treated with so much respect on the set and matthew was like my you know my set husband so it was it was very fun joey uh delivered the line beautifully and it he didn't it didn't seem stiff it just seemed warm yep. and he was the surrogate dad and he delivered really nice stuff. um and now we have some of the other things that were said here on Kane the show. story about uh that you know, I feel like everybody throws bullets at Shannon enough and Dean came through something at Shannon about 
she got the storyline changed because she didn't want a guest star to break up with her. This story is floating around. Do you have a comment on Dean Kane's story? Is there any validity to that storyline that Dean has created? Not only is there no validity to that, there's very little validity to Dean Kane. <laughs> I did most of my scenes with. Um, well, there was this was right around Christmas. We were shooting around the Christmas, and there was a break in between, and we came back and shot the final couple of scenes or, or episodes. And there was a lot of discussion at the makeup mirror and waiting off stage where we were both next to each other about this wonderful Christmas party that she was throwing with all the top drawer liquors and all the best catering. And, and that conversation happened repeatedly. And I'm just like sitting there thinking, well, sooner or later, she's probably going to say, hey, you want to come? Never happened. So um, I felt a little alienated with that. And um, it wasn't it wasn't so much not being invited to the party, but to have it discussed day Day after day after day, everybody <laughs> over. It's like, oh, you're coming. Oh, good. It's going to be the best party. And blah 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 blah. And and I'm thinking, well, okay. I guess I am chopped liver here. Um, so that, yeah. And I haven't seen her before or since, and I'm sure she's a lovely person. But I just was kind of put off by that. And so, um, in a way, maybe that helped my character because I yes, revenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might have taken a little bit of that feeling on camera. I looked at Jason right away. I screen grabbed that. And I was like, Jason, is she insane? Because there's no way. And I was, Paul Lager did say, hey, the girls might not be nice, the guys be nice. But like, that's as, as bad as it got. There's no, that cast is very nice. And if they don't like you, just go away. That, that, that whole don't make eye contact, eye contact is, I'm going to call it what it is, is a lie. Andrea is played by the, uh, I won't say it. Andrea is a different character than, uh, than Donald. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah Andrea oh. wasn't the boss's daughter. Okay. Donna. <laughs> he said it. Yeah. I'll say it for you, Chuck. <laughs> we give a lot of love to our crew. Yeah. Not the sound crew in the first season, That's however. Really good. And really the most contentious person. I don't know, even know his name, so I can't be maligning him, but there were two people, the, the person who Diana Valentine replaced, okay. our script supervisor, and the guy who held the boom. And as it was explained to me at the time, we didn't know production that well, that the boom is such a shitty job that only people who are unhappy become boom guys. Because they got to keep their hands up. <laughs> yeah. Or the son or nephew or relative of the, of the sound guy is often. Right. Well, that, was in, that came about in season two on they they were or no season three because they were a union guy they came in at season three right and they too they did it so we have fewer booms but we had a lot of booms <laughs> uh why uh we didn't uh, ever hire um i guess the, the you know the ace boom guys i, I was really impressed with how it all kind of came together because at first I just so hated the family of the Scanlans. I'm saying, right. people, this is so annoying. I know we have to go through this, but I don't want to be with these people any longer. Right. Yeah. I was totally watching Doug. I was going like, he's not should be in this show. I hope they're going to kill him. And they did. I mean, I know I shouldn't <laughs> say that. That's, that's not, not a good thing to say. <laughs> no way the other kids are ever going to accept him. He's like, he's Larry. 
Larry, to, I mean, <laughs> this is a sweeps episode, Chuck. <laughs> Someone's going to die tonight on Beverly Hills 90210, and it's Doug. Thank God. <laughs> I feel so bad. But, you know, when I think about it, it's like nerd versus nerd. There were two nerds on the show, and only one could survive. I know what you mean. You know, Brian had to grow from from you know from the Brian death of Kutan. the other nerds. Brian, Brian could exactly. Brian could dance. That saved him, and uh, you know, God bless him. You know, Brian really, uh, uh, he's terrific. I he's love uh, his chickens are well, Charles. I love you talking about the boom operator too because you're <laughs> <laughs> the boom guy. You know, I, I told you, the, you, know, I told you the, the first final. twelve. The first twelve were tough, so you expected like. You know, the network was a little hostile, and this was hostile. Your boom guy on the set, I mean, come on. Why are you mad at me? You know, we should oh, have yeah, him on the show. We should have him on the show. We, we can track yeah. him down. I'll yeah. track him down. We should track him yeah. down. He, he, he probably has the credit on IMDb, and we'll just see the first year that he was on. And we'll just invite <laughs> him on, and he can apologize. <laughs> uh, you think I'm going to invite Doug Emerson on and Doug, Emerson, and Doug Emerson's agent to, to, uh, to be Doug is a sweetheart oh my he's one of the nicest guys in the whole world too yeah, yeah. I, I agree I agree I'd love to have yeah. him on the Super Show I understand where you were going with that all right listen no, just looking at it you know coldly from the far all right um, you know we have like in the intro one of the things that has been exciting for me is getting to meet all these awesome uh, other fans and then meeting you know some of the press that's turned out to be super super fans as well um so here is a little bit of love of and we've gotten the opportunity to surprise some of our fans with some of our some of the cast yes. and all that stuff that's been a lot of fun so here is looking at some of you the fans and some of the friends of our show but i'd like to start with a confession and tell you brian i love you i have dreamt about you i what? have written about you oh, in my Lily. diary as a teenager maggie if you had an opportunity to talk to david in that time and this had happened to you what would you have said to to david at that time if i was ariel or donna if you were donna what would you have said Mm, I would have said, "How what could you?" you? <laughs> How could you? Hi, Maggie. Hi, hi, Kari. How are you? Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Good, I knew you were gonna do this. So good. I always I mess with you. You Matt, really see much. Do, you, do you have any questions for Brian in general or about this episode that you would like to know? Um, no, I don't know. Maggie, how have you been? Good. Good. Good, Good to see you. Nice to see you too. <laughs> <laughs> how fast is your heart beating, Maggie? Let <laughs> me get a drink. Hold on. I have my um, uh, I've, I've messed with Maggie now a couple times. We 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 had a fundraiser that she uh, that she was gracious enough to buy a ticket for, and and she was a part of. And it was a ask me a question thing, and of course she didn't have much of anything to ask me. Liar. Um, but it was, but mm. I just I just hit her on Instagram before that, and it, at at which point she was like she didn't believe it was me. So it was so it was good. Yeah, yeah. 
So it was, it was good messing with her on that, and it's good messing with her on this. It's always good messing with Maggie. Yes, it really is. Maggie is a good person to I get a lot of hackers, and I'm like, this isn't you. So <laughs> Lisa says, I'm so jelly of bags and mags. They are going to be on TMZ next. Okay, let's, let's hope for Maggie. <laughs> Darren Martin. Chuck and Larry and I wanted to bring you on the show today because we think the world of you. And uh, I wanted you to know Thanks. that uh, we appreciate uh, appreciate you very much and what you've done for the fans over uh, the last number of years. You've just been such a, a loyal fan and whatnot, and you bring everybody together. You are the example of the of 90210. And I know this has been a very rough year for you. Um, you've gone through quite a bit. And I was talking to you on Facebook a couple of days ago, and I asked you, of all the guest stars, which guest star would you most like to meet? How about this one? Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Grant. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Celeste. <laughs> it is. Hi. Hi, Jared. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Hi there, right? Jennifer. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Oh, I, I've always been a huge Celeste fan. I know you were only on for a couple of seasons, but you've always been one of my favorites. Thank you. I'm I'm so glad that Larry that you all wrote me into being really. <laughs> this is so awesome for Darren. And oh, thank you. This is so cool. Yeah, <laughs> my, my face is like so red. Yeah, it is very it is red. red. <laughs> it is red. You all see the red. Yeah, I'm a little red too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for being part of my favorite show of all time. I mean, I know characters came and gone over the years. But of all 10 seasons, you were like my top favorite guest star. Oh. And I thank you so much for, for doing what you did and for having this great chemistry with the cast. I know it's hard to join a cast that's been established for three or four years and you joined and everybody just loved you instantly and you did a great job and you're an amazing actress. Thank you, Darren. That's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Zara, the reason, much like Darren Martin, the reason why we brought you on the show was because we wanted to tell you that uh, since we started doing this show, uh, we have fallen in love with you. We think that you are an absolutely amazing person. Congratulations on your graduation. Thanks. And um, we just, we really do think the world of you here. We think of you as almost our number one fan. Now, if you recall, um, I asked you about your favorite guest stars. Dana Barron, meet Zara Brown, one of your biggest fans. Uh, Zara, do you have anything that you would like to say to Dana? Who's, who's speaking? I, I don't have any questions, but I just want to say I, I admire you. Your acting on Nana Kumano is like amazing. And I'm, I'm just so blessed to like be a part of the show as a fan. Thank you. Yeah. I have I have no words. That's amazing. Wow. wow. I've got goosebumps. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Hi, I was the nerd in high school. Um, I was the class of 92, and I felt like I was just like you, like your character. I um, I was the head of the yearbook club because we didn't have a newspaper, and I, you know, I just grew up watching the show, and I. I, I know that if the internet was like 
really around during that time that you would have had a blog like i have a blog all my issues I would have, we would have blogged together <laughs> yeah all right so listen hey jason connie i'm going to add her to the room here she won a contest to get to ask you anything that she wants to ask you for the first five minutes of our broadcast all right hi connie. Connie, jason jason connie nice to meet each other right hi <laughs> hey so what you got for jason you know, I have been thinking for days because I didn't actually think that I'd win the contest. And I'm like, what could I ask him that I have that I wouldn't have already seen or read? And I don't really have much, um, but I see a lot of questions in the group, and I think people just want to know where would you, where do you see Brandon Walsh in 2020? Good question. Well, where do I see Brandon Walsh in 2020? Oh, wow. Uh, that's a very good question. I mean, I think I, I, I love this show dearly. I too was nine when I watched. <laughs> I was like 99 when I started watching. Um, but I think unlike every other show, it didn't condescend. It didn't talk down to people. It was like, hey, like, we're, we're not just gonna have this like Brady Bunch, you know, life of like, Hey, you know, Bobby Brady Hall monitor. Like it, it was kind of real. It, this is friendship. This is Karen. You got me. So the, the hall monitor. Um, <laughs> um, this is like this is what friendship is. This is what love triangles are. This is what like having you know a talk about sex when you're in high school is. And it just it was never it was never like pandering like. And we're going to talk to the kids about what kid life is like. And, you know, we all, everyone has BS radar and no one's BS radar went off with us. I mean, I think my big thing too is how groundbreaking it was. I think we forget how groundbreaking it was and all the topics that it covered. When you think about what over the span of the 10 years, all the amazing issues it took on that you just... I think we kind of take it for granted because shows do that more now, but it, at the time that wasn't the case. I think they really, you know, when you think about even, you know, the, the drug problems, the alcohol problems, cults, uh, uh, sex. I mean, also, I think there's a certain innocence too, right? Like, uh, Brenda and Dylan having sex for the first time was a huge deal. That would not be a huge deal on a, t a teen show anymore. I think the other thing is it really is the granddaddy of all shows. I mean, we would not have Dawson's Creek or The O.C. or any of these other shows without 90210. And I think people for kind of don't, don't always know that that really what kind of paved the way for people realizing hey, there's an audience for this type of show. Teens want to see this type of show. Like to Jessica's point, teens want to be treated seriously. Um, and people who are no longer teens want to remember those years. <laughs> I mean, because I watched, you know, after I even outgrew the demographic, I still love those type of shows. I think, I mean, for those of us who grew up watching it, it was just one of those generation defining shows. Um, I started watching it when I was nine, when it first premiered. And at the time it was really the only teen drama. I didn't have cable and I hadn't seen Degrassi. And so for me, it was like my introduction to teen TV dramas. And the other shows I was watching were like Saved by the Bell and sitcom, but not a tune I was obviously much edgier. It had an authenticity. It was talking about issues I really hadn't seen on other shows. And I was just obsessed with it. It was just the show everyone watched. I watched it every week with my mom and we would actually take the phone off the hook so we wouldn't have any interruptions during the episode because that's how <laughs> we, we later did for Miller's Place too. Um, <laughs> Amazing. 
Um, I collected all the merchandise. Like I had the Brendan Brandon dolls. I had trading cards. I had books that were like episodes adapted into novels and I would, you know, read them even though I'd watch it already. Um, I had teen beat posters that worked out and all over my walls. Um, and I also think the characters were very well-defined. I think even as the storylines got a little more over the top, I think the characters and their relationships just felt very real and viewers cared about them. And that's why we're still debating you know, Brenda versus Kelly all these years later. Um, right. And the dialogue was well-written. There are so many lines from it that have just stuck with me and I, you know, can still quote now. And, you know, we were talking about um, the next 50 years earlier and I still remember David's whole monologue at the end about, you know, what about my old best friend? You know, it's like so, so many of those um, quotes are just kind of, you know, like stay with me. Um, right. And also just the nostalgia factor. I think watching it now kind of brings back the same excitement I felt watching it for the first time. And it just reuniting with old friends. Really, really beautiful stuff um, with the fans, and of course, all of the the great um, press fans that have come on the show too. Uh, really, some really sweet moments. That's been really fun for me to get to to get to see happen. Um, we've come a long way with Zara, guys. We <laughs> yes, I love Zara. She's the best. She's so the yeah, thing that, we have. Um, I was talking about when we were talking about in, in the, the Patreon, we were talking with Joel Heimovitz, who really uh, was the CEO of Spelling. And, and although he was pretty modest about it, pretty much saved the company uh, when it was in some really rocky financial um, times. And, um, you know, in talking about the, uh, uh, you know, the whole experience about Aaron, you know, here we are, we're enjoying this, we're here, our relationship with the fans, and we're very fan-centric. Aaron made this television show and everyone he made for the fans. Mm. He didn't care really about critics, he cared about the bottom line, of course, but he, his motivation was the kind of relationship that we're picking up with our fan base here, is what, is what motivated him, that he, he got so much uh, um, joy from. That's right. Really Nice to hear. Awesome. That's a that that's a great interview we did too on Patreon. That one's going to drop uh, tomorrow, actually. Uh, so that it's been a lot of fun uh, doing those business interviews. They're very fascinating. People are I, people are fascinated by these things, Charles. You, 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 yes. you, There's no business like show business. I love no it when you sing. Oh, yeah. an, another Charles singing clip. It makes me so happy. <laughs> oh well, I have to say this to you again. You know that that. Uh, you'll cut this, Pete. Okay? Yes. You'll cut this. Um, but this is this is actually funny. You know, I had thought for my speech for the big wedding of 400 people, what could I do to embarrass Avery and my daughters? And I thought that what I would do was threaten to sing in my falsetto in front of this Platt family where there are all these are professional singers and things. So obviously, I tell that story in the Zoom and said, no, I'm I'm not going to sing now because. The bride, Hannah, sang a beautiful song in the wedding, and we're not going to do that. And we're talking about the big, uh, and I, but I told them I have a really good falsetto, et cetera, et cetera. And we're talking about, well, someday we'll have this really big party, and someone said, and everybody will dance. And I said, wait a second, you mean everybody will dance? They go, yeah, everybody will dance. Well, in that case, everybody dance now. <laughs> That's amazing. I yeah. love that. Oh, that's great. Well, I mean, that's appropriate. I know you said cut that, but that's appropriate for where we're going next because uh, the, the yeah, the, you can uh, use it. Yeah, yeah. Good segue. The, 
the whole thing is uh, music has been important on this show, and we've had a few little surprise uh, musical performances and I think things that uh, shocked us too. So here is some of the musical performances that happened here on the podcast. And Beth wants to know if we can get you to sing I Want to Sex You Up. Yeah. <laughs> you guys really want me to sing a piece of it? <laughs> yeah. That was, that was Beth. You, got, you guys are us, and that's Beth, but we'd like to hear it too. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, come inside, take off your coat, I'll make you feel at home. Now let's pour a glass of wine, because now we're all alone. I've been waiting all night, so just let me hold you close to me. Cause I've been dying for you, girl, to make love to me. That says OMG. I'm okay. I'm sorry, but wow, that's, 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 that's a great <laughs> But I also just have to point out, you know, it, it was a really good song to choreograph and that was the reason to, and I like you, and it was the romantic thing. The other song, and I think I've told you this, but our first one of these podcast Pete, the other show, that the other song that was brought to me was and it sounded so crazy that someone would be going Everybody dance now! <laughs> you know, and it you know, and, and, and it didn't wouldn't fit the narrative, but I remember being in there, Karen, with Jordan Booty, and we both went, this is the song we should be using, but we're going to be using this one instead. Uh, you don't have to do this, but this is what keeps popping up in the, in the, in the board. Would you sing the chorus of Hold On? <laughs> oh, shit, he's going to do it. Twist his arm! Twist that man's arm! <laughs> Oh man, I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm getting chills now. Jesus, uh, we were so excited to see this the first time you played this. We couldn't believe the gift. Yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't want to see you. Every sound and everything I've got, you can have. So, will you take my hands and feel how close I am? Because there ain't nothing I won't do for you. Feel a little stronger. Hold on to me. Hold on. Everything's gonna be alright. Just hold on to me tonight. All right. All right. Oh, man. man. <laughs> That's fantastic. I like yeah, the version yeah, too. The Thanks phrasing is great. Thanks for letting me do that. Oh, that so Jimmy cool. Walters. I just still can't get over it. I loved that so much. So much.
Yes, agreed. He's just such uh, a talented guy. Absolutely. Whew. Well, guys, we're coming to the end of the show here and uh, of this uh, look back in this year. It's been an absolutely uh, amazing year doing this, and we're so thankful to all the fans that have tuned in to the Beverly Hills 90210 show. I know it means everything to me. Uh, anything you guys want to say, Charles and Larry, to the fans that have been uh, following us along this in this crazy year that is 2020? Larry? Uh you know, we should uh, looking ahead. Uh, you know, we've got some special stuff planned. We got the international, you know, show we're going to do off time, so we can really uh, involve some of our, uh, you know, friends uh, in Europe and uh, Africa and, and South America, and and within, and also keeping our Australian and New Zealand friends. So I think there's a time that's going to work just perfect for everybody. And uh, you know, we got to get. Tiffany on the show. I mean, yeah. that, that's part of the thing. We got to do that. There's a couple of people. We're really looking for David Gale. If you happen to live in the Tampa area and you've heard of David Gale, uh, who plays Stewart, who, you know, Brenda uh, lopes with looking for him. He's been elusive as heck. Yes. And uh, who else we've been? Uh, Jason know, Wiles. Jason Wiles. We, you know, at least we're in contact with. We're going to bring, he's going to do a show with us. So we'll have our, our Colin Robbins uh, show. Uh, and I know, uh, and then we got January 6th, which is great. You got, uh, I'm going to, I'd like to be, uh, at least be part, I want to see what's going on with that because I've never seen that episode. And I, you know, so I good. More. I love uh, uh, Chuck. I know it means a lot to him, that episode. And, you know, I've certainly seen parts of it. Um, so that's good. But it's great to have everybody here and just know that we have a supportive community that we somehow created. Happy yeah, for everybody. Very nice. How about you, for you, Charles? Well, looking back over the years, um, Overall, how many do we end up doing, Pete? Like so 40? far, I think 45. This will be the 45th episode. Plus, Patreons. Yeah. Plus, you have to remember there's other bonus things. There's the 90 News. So there's there's a lot of content. But I mean the Wednesday, Friday. So when Larry and I, I think it's 45, yeah. 45, yeah. So uh, what you guys – so, you know, I sure wish looking back at this that I would have waited before the 39th show to realize, yeah, maybe I need a ring light. <laughs> it was okay. I could I could hide my scowls and my uh, you know you know you you, you but by having a little light you didn't actually see the blood pressure rising as Alan Foy was talking. You know, it was good, good reasons to be in the dark. Oh, and uh, and I look forward to twenty 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 one. No more than my um, my daughter's birthday uh, in January, uh, Maxine. Because her birthday is January twentieth. Nice. So we'll be looking forward yeah. to that day. Oh, very cool. Yeah, mm, yeah. Uh, Melanie, uh, from the uh, side of saying like it started as a fan for you and then uh, converting over. Uh, any any great lookbacks? Anything you want to say in closing on this uh, on this episode? You know, mostly just I'd like to express my gratitude to you three for allowing me to be a part of this. Um, I think it's been great to watch how much progress that the podcast has made in such a short period of time. Um, you know, so many podcasts can go on for years before they reach the stride that you have reached within such a short period. So, um, you know, I'm just impressed with you guys for everything you've pulled off. And I think my 90210 resolution is to help get Tiffany on the show in nice. 2021. So um, we'll keep plugging away at that. But just thank you. It's been a real bright spot in the year for myself, lots of other fans and, you know, anyone who's been involved with watching or, or coming on the podcast. So thank you. 
and and just a, another thanks to Lily and uh, all the all of the fans that started with us and are still watching and Zara and Darren Martin who's been uh, a huge huge help in the beginning when we were trying to uh, get people to talk about the show or get them to come on he was always he's well, also to the report you know Aaron, uh, Aaron Sarah and, and yeah, Sarah and uh, Jessica Shaw all these really terrific people who join us and Perry. Amy. Perry, yeah, oh yeah, got a Perry. Yeah. Perry brought a whole new new energy to the to the thing, and talking about fashion, she gave such a unique view, and uh, I can't wait to have more more shows with her and all of the people we just mentioned in 2021. We got a lot of really cool things. We're going to be building up to a big Valentine's month, right? We're going to be talking about couples. Ooh. We got some really super special episodes coming up, and I think at some point, Larry and I have and and Charles have talked about a mega show. I don't know that we know what that is yet, <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. But uh, here's a mega a little, show, mega show, right? Yeah, it's it's hard to beat the super show and the the yeah, super Christmas show. Pete, I know I'm getting old, but when did we have a conversation about a mega show? No, we have. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make there. sure I want to get it on the record. You know, yeah, we mega show. You guys are telling me. I think the super deluxe show almost became a mega show. And that's what right. happened. We realized we still had um, the mega brand to, to brand a show. Got a branding. Yeah, but I got I to point something else out. We've almost been talking for an hour and 48 minutes. Are you sure this isn't the mega show? Yeah, I think this might be the mega show. Right? Right. Mega 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 mega. Where is it? Where oh, my God. All the questions. Mega all the questions. We forgot. That's it. All right. Hey, uh, Thank you again for a great 2020 for all those listening and watching. We can't wait for 2021. Uh, and this has just been an incredible year uh, for my journey. And thank you guys for all of us taking this journey together. It's just been a, a blast. So let's play us out. Uh, and Happy New Year, everyone, too. Yay, happy, happy New Year. year. <laughs> Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne? All right, we are here on the very first episode here of the Beverly Hills 90210 show. I'm well, how are you guys?
Before we leave, just many thanks to Todd H for putting that video together. Uh, very nice work. And if you, you're listening on this on the radio and wonder what was going on in the audio, uh, there is all really cool shots of people uh, waving goodbye and saying hello. So uh, go check the video version of that uh, to, to look back on. So, all right. Uh, thank you guys so much. And we will see you back here on January 6th when we are going to talk about a very awesome episode. So we will keep you posted on how that goes. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place are back on their very own channel. Sure you ready for this? This is something we are going to remember for the rest of our lives. Watch Beverly Hills 90210 on Pluto TV. <laughs>